I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, clean. Cheers. Cheers. I know. Let's bring it into the mic. Can you guys see our mic today? Maybe. Maybe you can also see the laptop. Probably not. I'll you try probably and, adjusted it. I'll try and edit it out if I can. Tizzle Ryan. Why not? Sorry. Sorry. This is the last time you. No, it's not. It's the last time I'll see a video in this spot. Second to last, Second time. To last time. Oh my god. Then we're on the, we're on the up. The first thing we have to do when we move into our new apartment is set up a mini space. Yeah. We're going to give you guys like a full-blown YouTube-style apartment tour with links and everything once we actually buy stuff. Because we have not bought anything yet. No. So once that transactions occur, we'll do that video soon. But anyway, hello. Hi. Welcome. What's up? Harmony. Yeah. Okay, I can't do all that. <laughs> but she can, so she'll do that. Um, today. 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 Right now, hands cold. Oh, so, uh, um, ignore our hot messes. It's final season. Yes. Um. So today we're talking about cancel culture because I feel like for the last 
four years, 2016 starting especially, like cancel culture become like a huge thing. And I talked about all of my classes with my friends. I've seen a lot of podcasts talk about it, people on Twitter, etc. But I feel like I have such a different view than people I usually see because people are always like, oh, cancel culture sucks. I kind of like it, which sounds kind of bad, but we're going to get into all of that, explanations, etc. So if you don't know what cancel culture is, do you want to talk about it? Because I've done a class today. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I actually learned about cancel culture in one of my classes today. But I wouldn't even call it, like, learned. I would call it, like, we just discussed it today because I'm very familiar with cancel culture because, oof, I have been canceled yeah, she's before. Been canceled. So, uh, uh, I was, well, I'll, I'll give, like, a sentence description about why I was canceled so they know I'm not, like, an actual asshole. Mm. Uh, some girl who I, like, roomed with at one point made a video about how I canceled her birthday, which, like, obviously wasn't true at all. It was just something that she said because, like, we had beef that had nothing to do with that. So, uh, three million people came at my life. And I, yeah, I got, like, death threats and everything, as one does when they get canceled. So... As someone who was on the receiving side of cancel culture, I kind of like cancel culture because it got me $1,000 and uh, 100,000 followers. However, 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 I like cancel culture only like with other people regarding anybody else besides me. I like cancel culture when it's on my side. I don't like it when it's on the other side, if that makes sense, specifically regarding politics. I would say like, I think cancel culture could, can be a good thing, asterisk. The asterisk is the rest of this video. So, yeah. um, so cancel culture basically is, if people who don't know or like want further explanation. Yeah, I was like, supposed to do that. I didn't do that. Yeah. Sorry. You know. <laughs> okay. It's when a person plays company thing, pronoun, uh, cap, what's that thing called? Proper, proper, proper noun. noun. Sorry, my English teacher in third grade. Um, <laughs> Quaking. When past or current actions, words, etc. come to light and that person is therefore deemed not worthy of having a platform because of something they did in the past or are currently doing, etc. And I think that as with anything, it can go very, very wrong. It's a very slippery slope. And obviously sometimes like what happened with Sarah, it's honestly ridiculous and like not even like worth a conversation. Like I never understood what, why that even happened in the first place. Cause no. you know, there are a lot more important things happening in the world and like things that actually need to like be called out and be called attention to, etc. But um, I think, like, obviously, if you are a full-fledged adult with the ability of knowing right versus wrong, and you do something that's wrong, you should be held accountable for your actions. Because without that, people who have platforms continue to do wrong, and then it becomes something very dangerous and very influential. So I think that in some cases it is important. And I think, like, the number one thing that I see happen that I think is kind of a good thing somewhat is like a lot of viners youtubers people who got their fame that way always found on twitter like old tweets of them one example is camila cabello who i really don't like but um like posts on tumblr or twitter of them saying the n-word and they weren't like nine or ten they were like 15 16 17 18 even older calling obama a monkey or saying the n-word and they rightfully got canceled for it because if you're know what that word means and like you understand the meaning of the word, you know how it hurts. So like my whole saying around like that kind of instance is like, if I'm young enough to be hurt by it, you're old enough to know what that word means, the weight behind it, and that you shouldn't use it. Mm-hmm. It's like obviously not using it because you saw it on the dictionary. Like you know what it means, you're using it for a reason. So it's right for you to be held accountable for saying that. You can't be like, oh, I got caught now, so like I'm super sorry. I didn't know what it meant in time. Like you were 16 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you deserve to be held accountable for that. I feel like you're talking about that one boy. 
who got accepted into Harvard and then got oh, his yeah. application rescinded. Like, you guys ruined my life. Like, you ruined your life. Yeah. And, like, I think the thing with cancel culture is, like, yes, they're quote-unquote canceled, but it doesn't mean that they, like, lose their platform. It's, like, they're finally held accountable. So I would say accountable culture is what we should call it. Because, yeah, because I don't like yeah. the word canceled, but I like cancel culture the way you're describing it. Because yeah. I think the most successful uh, example of quote-unquote cancel culture literally ever is Donald Trump because he was canceled quote-unquote like in media especially on leftist media which is like taking over the media which is a good thing in my opinion um for like a very long time but uh in my opinion what canceled culture should be rather than accountability culture is like taking away their platform entirely so when someone is canceled nationwide or internationally it should mean that they get their twitter account taken away or they get their tiktok taken away or they get their instagram facebook like their entire platform social media wise media wise in general because that includes television movies etc they should get it all taken away so i think when a lot of people say like you're canceled you're canceled it's kind of like an empty threat especially regarding celebrities a lot of people say like celebrities are canceled they're never going to be canceled like Sydney just brown. said chris chris brown. brown chris brown so many people love his music and he's literally an abuser so you know a lot of these things are very controversial but i, I think accountability culture is where uh Sydney's so right is where a lot of this should be taken and it's also like making an example out of people because like yeah you have a platform yes and that means you're held to a higher standard than a lot of people. But I think by young men seeing the way that if you do act a certain way, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's Chris Brown, etc., seeing the consequences of those actions is going to stop you from doing the same thing. So I feel like in a way, accountability culture helps not only the person who did it learn from their mistakes, but also helping other people not make those same mistakes. So in my head, people are always like, getting canceled is like, you can't, people can't grow, like, you can't apologize for, like, you can apologize, but if you don't, if you wait to apologize until you get called out for it, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, example number one, Jeffree Star. I was just about to say that. Oh my God. Number one, I cannot stand him. He scares me. I love me. Jeffree Star as He's an influencer, but, and I used to love Jeffree Star as an influencer, and I like what he does with makeup, but at the same time, like, I don't watch him anymore, nor do I support any of his platforms for a very specific reason. I like, look like an alien. An he alien. identifies as an alien. Roger, but, American Dad. I need to like, go watch it now. His thing about him like holding the Confederate flag and like hugging it, and he was like, it was a joke because I'm gay. I was like, that does not make any sense, nor is it an excuse for what you did. Like, I just hate when grown, full fledged grown adults do something wrong, and then instead of apologizing and saying, I'm learning from what I'm doing, I'm doing this, this, and this to make up for it, they're like, cancel cultures are ruining America and celebrity culture, and I just can't do it anymore. Hence, Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, Tommy Lauren, that's their like default every time they get canceled. But Michael Knowles. Yeah, it's just David Wall, being Walsh. accountable for your actions. Because if normal people are accountable for actions and can get expelled or get suspended or get blocked, whatever, then you should be able to have the same thing as someone with the platform, if not like a bigger consequence. Because that's life. So throughout this episode, there are three things that I know like I want to talk about. And the first is celebrities. I want to just like give a few more examples, uh, specifically like influencers and getting canceled and singers for sure. More specifically, the second thing I want to talk about is, like, brands that got canceled. So, like, like Gucci. that shaving company, Gucci, got canceled. Yeah. Uh, what was that brand? Was it Forever 21? They, like, uh, did the little kid in the monkey outfit. Uh, black kid. Yeah, yeah. You that was, was not H&M. I think that was H&M, but I forget. Whoever they were. We'll look it up yeah. in a second. <laughs> and then I also want to talk about... Um, Nancy Pelosi's speech. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I also want to talk about, there was one other thing about kids. Oh, uh, children's stuff, like children's books, the old Dr. Seuss controversy, children's movies, Disney World attractions, things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had a little itinerary in my yeah. head set up. So Let's talk about celebrities more. Um, okay, so speaking because like this is coming out this week, so we can like actually keep it current, which is actually so fun. So we never get to do this. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Demi Lovato and the Froyo controversy. <laughs> this so, is my favorite controversy. Yeah. Trigger this is warning. So fucking stupid. Trigger warning. Now we're going to briefly discuss eating disorders, yes. not in depth, just to describe the situation that's happening at hand. So Demi Lovato. I cannot tell you the last time Baby did a song, a movie. She used to be, she did media for blabbing. Yeah. For nothing else but blabbing. Mm-mm. But anyway, she came out as pansexual. That is great for her. I'm glad she's living her truth, etc. And was talking about her struggle with eating disorders and anxieties and things like that. Again, great for her. And then great for her. Like, thank you for using your platform to help yeah. people to have the same issues. But, uh, 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 this girl went to a Froyo store to get Froyo. And puts the Froyo place on blast. Mind you, this girl has how many followers do you love have? Like 20 million followers? I'll look it up. I think that's number one most important is how many followers she has that she can ruin anybody if she wants and literally cancel people on yeah. her own because that's how much people love her. But it's also a small business. For yeah. no reason. She's 102 She's a million followers. She is a, that is literally a country. That's yeah. a, that is a normal sized country follows her. She puts this Froyo place on blast for having a sugar-free option. And she said that it was triggering while she was in recovery for her disorder, which is obviously entirely valid. Like, you, I can't, you can't tell them what they can and can't be triggered by. But the problem is, is that when you're in recovery or you're in therapy as someone who's literally been through it, not even sort of, but like dealing with triggers and how to like overcome that, the first thing you learn is that when you are triggered, you don't throw a tantrum. That's not how you deal with a trigger, number one. Number two, the sugar-free option had nothing to do with disorders. People who have health restrictions, who may have diabetes or high blood sugar, or literally just might be health conscious or beyond with whatever, that might need a sugar-free option. It has nothing to do with disorders. It has anything to do with trying to perpetuate a disorder culture. It was simply the same thing as having gluten-free options for people who don't like gluten or vegan people who don't like to eat animal products or can't eat eggs or dairy or whatever. So like for me, it's like using a platform to put people on blast for no reason and then getting like response back from you like you're canceled because you're using a platform to do wrong or to trigger other people. I was just like, girly, what are you doing? I also, this is like my favorite part of the entire scenario. Scenario. scenario is that she posted like a diet tea ad just recently. So I'm sitting here like, first of all, there are studies upon studies upon studies about the benefit of sugar-free health food options, specifically when it regard when it's in regards to people's like actual physical health problems. And also there are multiple studies in the same vein about diet tea and how bad it is for you and how like really, really, you know, fucked up, fucked up it can make your body. And she's over here promoting this thing because she's getting money, but then also using her platform to rain hell upon a small business because they had a health option. Yeah, like that just gets me. It gets me, it gets me, it gets me. Like, and also this is a really bad analogy. Like if you were walking down the street, really bad analogy, but I thought of it in my brain just now. Uh If you were walking down the street 
And let's say you get, for whatever reason whatsoever, you get triggered by like crutches. But let's say you see someone walking down the street because they have a broken leg and they're wearing crutches. Are you going to like take to social media and make like a video on blast about this one person because they're actually doing something for their physical health because you personally had like a problem with it or like you personally get triggered by it? Again, triggers are valid, but any psychologist, any therapist, anybody will tell you that that is that is not the way to deal with getting triggered by something that you that some other person, number one, can't control. And number two, it's not their fault that they're walking down the street. You know what I'm saying? It's like something that's not how you cope with things. No, not at all. That's like one of the most unhealthy coping mechanisms literally ever it just like i'd be like girl question mark huh but in also the same vein of like what's happened the last few weeks is addison ray so i am like on tiktok not really only because she and then i get on and then i can't get off but i don't follow any of the charlie demabla addison (laughs) ray i don't bryce hilton i don't follow any of them i'm just not interested in it i don't see why they're interesting i mean people do love them and that's completely valid like they're talented they're gorgeous, etc. I just like don't find it interesting. But the whole thing with like them going on Jimmy Fallon or asking me going on Jimmy Fallon and like performing all of these like black young creators dances and doing them like half ass and then getting paid and flown out to LA to like do it, people are like responding validly and saying like these young thirteen year old kids are making up these viral dances that have three billion videos about them and get no recognition whatsoever because Addison Ray or Charlie Amelia wants to go like on their TikTok, you know, and then like finally they respond to the canceling and ha- instead of having the kids flown out to Jimmy Fallon perform the way that Addison did, they like put them on Zoom. And I was like, that's like such a half-assed way of like fixing the problem. Cause like, it just goes up to show that you don't care. You just wanna like make yourself seem like you're dealing with the issue, but it's not the problem at hand. It's you should be highlighting the creators not people who are just capitalizing off of them, you know? Also, number one, they didn't, um, uh, number one, it's upsetting because they only, like what Cindy was saying earlier, they only did that after they got called out for it, the half-assed attempt to make up for it. And number two, there are two major influencers here, i.e. Jimmy Fallon and um, Addison Ray, and neither of them at all even referenced any of the original creators of the dances, so. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. 
Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink that's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And like, I didn't make this up. Yeah. Also, she was doing it so half-assed. I was like, yeah, damn, damn, damn. She's like, damn, 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 damn. meanwhile, these kids are going all out. Nothing. Yeah, I just, I, I can't. Yeah. Cancel. Uh, so, yeah. section number two. Um, we just talked about celebrities canceled. But probably the most, like, 2020 thing, 2021 thing, was uh, brands being canceled. And when I, the thing is, like, Brands don't really get canceled, they get rebranded. And that's a big thing. Cause like, I think the first big like cancel culture brand shock was Nike and Colin Kaepernick, which if you ask me was the dumbest thing ever, which we'll go into in a second. But for those of you who don't remember, also recap, um, Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel during the national anthem of the 49ers game. <gasps> I'm I was just so I was reacting the oh, way like, Republicans do. <laughs> 49ers game, which he even consulted a veteran to ask to how to do it respectfully. But anyway, um, Nike endorsed Colin Kaepernick and his message. And so in response, people who found that disrespectful to kneel during the anthem, um, they burned Colin Kaepernick jerseys. They burned Nike shoes. Nike products Nike in general. Products. They were like holding boycotts and stuff. Yeah. Which to me, I just sound comical <clears throat> for multiple reasons. Yes. Um, the first so being, <laughs> you already bought the merchandise. <laughs> yeah. So why should Nike care? Like you couldn't burn, run over, poop on, spray paint. You already bought the shoes and Mike has already gotten the money. You can blow Same your nose the jerseys. Yeah. yeah. It just makes no sense because, I mean, Nike is a multi-billion dollar brand. They literally do not care what do you do. Care. And also, this uh, specific, and you go off on your other two. <clears throat> oh, that was just it. Oh, okay, cool. Just that three times. I love it. Okay, so yeah, literally that squared, no, what's it called? Cubed? Yeah, anyway. I mean, to the square, to, to the, the power. To the cubed of the third, anyway. The power. So, this specific 
uh, like moment of cancellation is very interesting to me because like this was a cancellation done by the right, which I feel like is never really the case. Um, because I feel like a lot of like cancellations are done by people being insensitive and people being genuine assholes and not really the other way around. So for me, like this popularized moment in time, especially with such a big brand such as Nike is very interesting to me just because I feel like it's never really done from the Republican side, solely like Republican, conservative, libertarian side. If you can't tell, <laughs> we're in a political advertising class at NYU. Yes, we're also liberal. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Um, beyond that, kind of on the, on the flip side of things, um, there's been like a lot of rebranding around the use of identity and cultures as caricatures, like logos, things like that. And within that umbrella includes... Um, the Washington Redskins, which, like, I don't know how anyone ever thought that was okay and, like, went along with it. But the best part for me is that, like, they finally agreed to change the name, but didn't come up with an alternative. So just the Washington football team. Like, you, the Washington Red Tails. The Washington anything. Anything, literally. And they're like, no, we're just going to call it the football team. That's literally what they're called. That's what they're known as. Like, no think tank team could come together and think of something even, like, remotely clever. This girl came up with our podcast name in literally two milliseconds, let alone the name of a football team, which clearly none of us are really big fans of football. None of y'all could sat, none of y'all could sit your butts down and, like, think about it for literally three minutes before just calling it the football team. I feel like that's a snarky choice. The best thing is, is, like, did no one see it coming? Like, usually you'd be like, let's have a team that's, like, preparing for a transition for over, like, five years so you can, like, phase out jerseys get new jerseys branding but they were like no we're just gonna stop right now like how did no one see that coming anyway yeah so like that the cleveland cheat cleveland indians Mm. something else racist um yeah so just like how did you not see that coming but yeah how did no one see Aunt jemima coming yeah that's what i'm most confused that's the best that's the best pancake mix answer but the thing is like that i found so funny that sarah and i were talking about is that like people on Twitter that, like, were on a certain side of the spectrum, the right side of the spectrum, um, I think this is the right side, actually, um, oh, it's right for them, yeah, Yeah. Eh. (laughs) um, they were like, Aunt Jemima would be so upset by this decision, she's not a real person, I don't know if anyone knows that, and, like, as a black person, Aunt Jemima, just add water, pancake mix, with a drizzle of Aunt Jemima syrup is the best. But the thing is, like, they were even gonna change the, like, the contents of the package. They're just gonna name her Sheila. My my, my aunt's name is Sheila, so I thought that was kind of cute. But now it's like the something Miller Company. It's like something random. But they were like, in defense of Aunt Jemima, we are not supporting this brand anymore. She's not a real person. She's a caricature. Some people, some random people, took a black woman and were like, we're calling you Aunt Jemima. And also, it's a racist caricature. Imagine being so mad about like a caricature change. Mad. Imagine being so mad about a caricature change that you stop buying the best pancake and syrup mix literally ever. Like half a one Bisquick. Bisquick is so bad. <laughs> These have you could, like put water in and shake it in a can. Oh That's no! So nasty. Hell no! But if you don't know, it's the Mammy caricature, yeah. and it's just like why? But okay, so going past that. Speaking of like caricatures, yeah. Characters. Characters. So this like recent influx of the changing of kids' toys. So do you want to do the Dr. Seuss? Sure, yeah. My favorite controversy so far in cancel culture in general has been like of the dog. I think I've said this is my favorite controversy like eight times so far. This is actually my favorite controversy because I have... 
and I checked every Dr. Seuss book that has ever been owned literally ever and I got in a really long debate with my mom about this over Aunt Jemima pancakes at the breakfast table and we were talking about how doctors like my mom said like little kids don't take in like they don't have the capacity to take in like these quote-unquote like racist characters or like racist actions or racist anything when they're that young they just have the uh capacity to take in like the uh like what's objectively there on the page and I said to her but mom but mom, but mom, but mom, that's so not true. Because when you see, and I love my mom, sorry mom, eh, I know you're watching. <laughs> but like when you see these, uh, yeah, we love Jen. When you see these like characters on the page, it, you see objectively as a kid who doesn't have the mental capacity to know that like what you're seeing, what your parents who you think can do no wrong in your minds are showing you, you don't have the mental capacity to even like argue, debate, or think that something's not okay. So when you see this little like tar baby character in Dr. Seuss, you're gonna mentally subconsciously in your child brain that doesn't have the capacity to argue with yourself yet or debate or evolve yet, you're gonna see this and you're gonna think that it's okay. That was so eloquent. Thank you. Read Tar Baby by Toni Morrison, though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dr. Seuss, something I never sit right with me. He really was like a 50-year-old man. He was like, green eggs and ham. I am Sam. People were like, oh, shit. <laughs> buy it, buy it, buy it. And they were like, cat <laughs> in the hat. Hat. Sad. Bat. And everyone was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he, he went there. Dropped the bars. So, I don't really get that. Though the Cat in the Hat live action movie was so funny and so out of pocket for no reason. It was so inappropriate. Who yeah, that's why it was it? so funny. But, um, stop. No. They were just, like, going to stop selling it, I think. Is that the controversy? But they're still available yeah. at libraries and available online. So, like, you can't find any other book that rhymes ham with am. <laughs> Ham with Sam. Like, you'll be fine. They just want to be mad about something. Yeah. They want to be mad about something. But, um, that's what I feel thing. like conservatives think about liberals. They're like, they always want to be mad about something. And I'm like, no, we just don't want our kids to be literally racist. Yeah. But thank you. But thanks. Um, for the concern. Our final controversy we're discussing is the funniest, in my opinion. Tr- truly the funniest. We're going to go on to Disney. We can do a whole episode on Disney. Oh, we could. Just like, let's could. do it. Oh, Lord. She made me wear ears or something. Yeah. I mean, because um, I have two pairs. I'm an LGBTQ light of yours. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, the funniest in my head, in my mind. Sorry, I said head because of the name. Mr. Potato. <laughs> because they recently announced that the brand that makes, I think it's maybe Hasbro or something. Yeah. Don't, don't quote me on that. Is that the Mr. Potato Head toy was just going to be called Potato Head now. So it used to be Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, but now they're just going to sell it with all the accessories that you just put onto a potato. And they were like, how dare you take this away from him? And I'm like, it is a potato. It is a plastic <laughs> potato. Taking two letters off of it, which does do a lot in terms of, like, gendering, whatever. And but in terms like, of, like, subconscious installation in children. Yeah. Just, like, it's a potato. Like, yeah. do you really care that, that the two letters are taken off, that you won't buy it now? Also, you're a 60-year-old man in Kentucky why do you care <laughs> Mr. Potato Head now can have a mustache or no mustache? To me, it's it's genuinely funny to me because it's like, it's a potato. A plastic potato with holes in it. It's not, yeah, it's not, I was going to say, it's not even been a, a potato you can eat. It's a, it's it's a, a plastic, plastic potato. potato. But also the same people who are mad about that are the same people who are mad about, number one, wearing masks in stores. Number two, they're mad about like the unisex section in the kids' aisle. Like they want it to be boys in blue over here with Legos and their action figures and they're like little remote control cars and then they want the pink section over here with princesses and Barbies and Bratz dolls. And I'm like... Oh my god, my mom 
Um, so I loved Brad Stalls because sass, outfits, the lips, the everything. Yes, I had all of them, especially Sasha and Yasmin. But my friends were like, we can't play with Brad Stalls because they're like they're inappropriate. And I was like, your parents are kind of weird for thinking that a piece of plastic is sexual. Like it's a doll with a short skirt. If you're scared that that's gonna make your child a literal whore, then I'm so sorry. But there are so many other things you should be worried about. Also, a lot of people don't let their kids watch. Um, like a lot of my friends back when I was like, in what? When did that? When did was it we... Hannah Montana? No, it was that's a Raven. That's just to be racist, though. But 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 they had like a reasoning behind. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I think it's like a subconscious thing. But I also like on the forefront, what was coming out of their bop bop mouths was like it's against Catholic beliefs because she can see the future and that's like unnatural and that doesn't like that doesn't line up with Catholic beliefs, but in the back of their heads, I think they're just racist. Bruh, there are some people that are reading a book about a cat in a hat going to be the stepfather of children. <laughs> like, it t- or like a girl Stop. riding around in a magic carpet no. that flies in the air and sings and shakes its butt. Like, there's always an excuse for something. It's really just racism in disguise. Mm-hmm. Same thing with brass dolls, because they're black dolls. They're like, Neh. Barbie was literally yeah. wearing a bikini top and being like, Ken, come stay in my house with my little sister. Like, I just, it's a race thing. It's a definitely race thing in my yeah, head. Because Barbie sure. was a little thotty too. So. <laughs> Barbie had a, this is why everybody, this is why every single 60 year old male Kentucky man like Barbie. is because she had her little candy nurse outfit on and her little jet blue, like every single outfit that Barbie had is a male king. Yeah. I swear to God. Barbie's everyone. a male king and it's a little kid's toy. Yeah. So Barbie was okay, but Coffee gave it to a brat's doll. She has no, and they were like, oh, my favorite, my favorite. I remember so clearly, one of my friend's moms said that they couldn't play with brats because it was unrealistic standards for women. They didn't have a nose. Like, of course it's not a standard. They they, they, they don't have noses. It is eyes and a mouth. I'm sorry, your daughter afraid she went to cut off her nose. Like, I'm sorry. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Also, that same standard is like, like, those kids will have Barbie. And you're like, Barbie's literally goes... Yeah. What's the standard? Not having a nose? Yeah, being a kid's toy. I don't understand that a lot, for sure. Like, I think they should make more, like, curvy, weight-realistic dolls. They if do that's, now. like, yeah. Well, yeah, they do yeah. now more, but I think they should make even more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're saying that, like, if you're singling out Bratz dolls, it's something more subconscious than just, like, oh, they don't fit the standard of realistic Because, like, I have a two-year-old brother, and he's not yeah. sitting there going, wow, is this toy designed to make me realize that I am a sexual being. He's eating the foot off of it. Like, he's literally <laughs> chewing on it like it's a, a, a piece of chicken. Yeah. So, like, I don't think he really is, like, thinking into that. So, I think it's a little weird that parents, like, impress that upon the children. Wait, this watch me do my Barbie compression. My, my oh, Barbie compression. Oh, <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle while we <laughs> go down, while we ride down the toy aisle. Thanks, and have a great day. Come on! She does impressions all the time. That was so good. This girl retained... That was good. She retains every lyric, every line (laughs) to the most random kids' movies. She quoted an entire song from School of Rock today, and I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for watching. That's about it for today. You can go listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart... I heart in general. <laughs> I I was trying to say like I Apple heart. Music, Apple Media, Apple Podcast, I Apple media. media, Media. I heart. I heart podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I heart media. Um, go follow our Instagram at Crying in Public Podcast and our YouTube at the same name. Go follow us on <laughs> Spotify and I heart and Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can go follow our YouTube at Crying in Public Podcast and our Instagram at the same name and our TikTok at the same name, and that's it.
right? Okay. <laughs> Follow our YouTube background. <laughs> That's what you said. Follow our YouTube. Subscribe you to our YouTube. You said at Okay, whatever. I anyway, can't. bye. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Goodbye. Goodbye. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel every Thursday. Already know. A podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.